You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are listening. We hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, it was, uh, it was good to hear Rob and Leslie lead us in music this morning. We had a kind of a little more stripped down set today, but... I was thinking about, I was, during the music, I was sitting there, and Rob and Leslie were singing. Then they sing, like, so great. I just am trying to, like, they're, like, covering up all the bad notes I'm hitting up here. Um, but they led worship today. Last weekend, Tyler led worship. The weekend before that, um, our kids director, Kristen, she sang like she was Carrie Underwood or something in here. Next weekend, Bo Dukes is leading worship, which it just seems like everybody in this church can lead music. Which is why I'm excited to announce in two weeks I'll be leading worship. <laughs> no, I'm not. I am not. If I led worship, that'd be what's called a space maker in the church world. There'd be a lot more space in this room. You all be running out of here. It would not be good. Um, anyway, hey, a big shout out to everybody who's joining us online right now. I know Kristen is joining us online. My mom's probably joining us online. Can you guys show some love to our online family right now? Thank you guys for tuning in. Woo! Hey, we've been, um, we've been talking about surviving temptation for the last few weeks, and I hope you've enjoyed this series. Uh, has this been helpful to anybody? Has this helped anybody at all? Some people. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Maybe you haven't enjoyed it. And so that's okay if you haven't enjoyed it. In fact, I want everybody to turn to the person next to you and say, I got great news. This is the last week of this series. Come on, tell them. Come on, put a smile on their face. All right, now I want you to turn back to them and say, yeah, but you could use like 17 more weeks of this series, right? Like you can... I'm kidding. We're, we're going to have some fun today. Is, is it okay if we have some fun in church today? All right. I wanted to start out by asking you a very, very important question. And, and how you answer this question will tell me everything I need to know about all of y'all. And, and there is a right answer to this question, which means there's also a what? Yeah, yeah, wrong answer. So you've got to think about how you're going to answer this question. Are you ready for the question? Very important question. If you had to pick, like, like you had to choose, no choice, but you had to choose between Peeps, Snickers, and Reese's, what are you picking? Come on, everybody, shout me down. why I love this church. <laughs> Never any. <laughs> All right, let, let me just clarify for a second. Who, who chose Peeps? Anybody choosing Peeps? Two, okay, security, you need to escort these people out. No, I'm kidding. Um, Y'all can stay. Who's going Snickers? Who's going Snickers? Okay, that's, that's also the wrong answer, but you can stay. Who's going Reese's? Who's going Reese's? These are the godly people at Bayshore. Who's on a diet and you can't eat anything, okay? Like, anyway, look, oh, even, even peeps are hard to resist. So I talked about candy corn earlier. Like, every, every bit of sugar is a little bit hard to resist, a little bit. Um, and, and I bring that up because, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, in the 60s, Stanford University did this experiment called the Marshmallow Experiment. Okay, they didn't have peeps back then, but... 
they have marshmallows. And so here, here's how Stanford University's experiment went. They got all these four-year-olds, and they put them in separate rooms, and they just put them alone in a room with a marshmallow. And somebody came in and sat with the kid and said, hey, I, I'm going to leave you in this room alone with the marshmallow. And you can either eat the marshmallow when I leave, or you can wait. And when I come back, I'll give you two marshmallows if you wait. So you can either have one now, or you can have two later. How many of you, the four-year-old version of you, is failing this test? You're totally failing this test? I'm 38 years old. I'm failing this test, okay? But a few years ago, I decided I was going to marshmallow test my kids, obviously. And uh, I, when, I, when I marshmallow tested my kids, I did not have Peeps or marshmallows, so I used Snickers and Reese's, and I videotaped it for you all. And I showed this a few years ago, but you want, you want to see this video? You want to see the marshmallow test video? All right, here's my kids doing the marshmallow test. Okay, Nixon, go sit in the seat. Okay. So I want you to sit in the seat. And we're gonna play, we're gonna play a game. Okay? Here's how the game works. I'm gonna put one Snickers, one Reese cup. Do you like Reese cups? And I'm gonna walk out of the room. And if you don't eat it, when I come back, I'll give you another one. So you'll have two. Okay? But if you eat it while I'm gone, then you can't get another one, okay? Okay? All right. Just stay in your seat, okay? I'll be back. Stay in your seat. Nixon, you're out of the seat. You didn't eat it. I did not. Did you want to eat it? Uh-uh. No? No. Was that hard? Why were you taking so long? Because guess what? Since you didn't eat it, I don't know what you're doing on the camera, but we'll see. You get two. Yeah. And you get to eat them. You get to have two of them, and you can eat them. Good job, Nora. There's her for Nixon, because he waited. Is it good? Good job, baby. Uh, I just want to point out, um, my kids take after their father. <laughs> my kids didn't cave, you guys. Like, how many thought that was a little torturous thing to do to your kids? 
Oh, yeah, it's so good. You got to do that to your kids. <laughs> uh, but my kids, they didn't cave, and they didn't cave to a Reese's and a Snickers. That's, that's way harder than a marshmallow, right, in the original experiment? Now, uh, in the original experiment with Stanford University, um, they ended up following the kids who had the self-control to not eat the marshmallow, and they followed them to kind of see what happened in their life. And on average, those kids who did not eat the marshmallow and waited for two, had the self-control to do that, they scored on average 210 points higher on their SATs and were more successful in life. You know what that means? That means my kids might get college scholarships. That's what that means. My kids are going to move out one day. Praise the Lord. That's what that means right there. (laughs) But self-control is hard. And so we're going to talk about self-control today. Everybody say self-control. Now say it with a smile on your face. Self-control. Listen, when you talk about surviving temptation, you got to talk about Self-control. All right, now, confession time. Um, Who here has ever, ever struggled with self-control when somebody in your house makes those warm, fresh, Nestle, Toll House chocolate chip cookies, and you're trying to eat? How many of you struggle with self-control then? How many of you struggle with self-control when you're driving down Route 24 and the person in front of you, you could literally get out of your car and power walk faster than they're driving? Who struggles with self-control then? Who here has ever struggled with self-control when you go to the, the, the new dealership, the car dealership, and you accidentally bought a car? <laughs> it happens. Listen, on my way to church last weekend, I'm driving here. True story. Over the bridge, going over the bridge, any of Inlet Bridge, my check engine light came on. And in my head, I thought, Joel, you know what will fix your car? A brand new 2022 Toyota Tacoma, baby. That's what will fix my car. <laughs> But we all, we all struggle with self-control. Everybody in the room struggles with self-control, even Miss Patsy. I can't even believe it, but she probably struggles with self-control somewhere. We all struggle with self-control, and the Bible talks about self-control. And so I just want to show you like one, one verse. Uh, Proverbs 25, verse 28 says this. It says, a person without what? Self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Somebody say, that's, that's not good. That's not good. And so without self-control, this verse is saying we're open to attack. Come on, isn't it true that when you don't have self-control, your health is open to attack? Yeah. Remember those Nestle Toll House cookies? Without self-control, isn't your blood pressure under attack when you're driving down Route 1 and there is traffic all over the place? Isn't it like, aren't you under attack when you're, you don't have any self-control with your wallet? Let's talk about our wallets for a second. You're like, no, no. (laughs) Let's talk about our wallets, our purses. Maybe you carry a satchel. That's a man purse. It's all good. Whatever you carry. (laughs) But uh, how how many of you are like me, and you've been tempted before to buy something that you didn't really need? Anybody ever had a bad case of stuffitis? Stuffitis. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, that's all of us. Ladies, can can I pick on you first? Is that okay? I feel scary picking on the ladies. Sorry, but I'll pick on the guys next. So. Ladies, um, the, the way you get in trouble with, with stuffitis is you like to nickel and dime yourselves to death. You're like, oh, it's three for $12? I'll take seven. <laughs> Sets of three, right? <laughs> Ladies, isn't it true that you're like, well, I had to buy this purse because it matched my hairdo, which matches my toenails. 
Ladies, you're, you're not liking this, all right? My, my wife's favorite line, my wife's favorite line is she'll be like, Joe, honey, I, I got 12 shirts for $100. And the receipt says, I saved $100 too. I'm like, no, 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 no. Buying is not saving. <laughs> not buying. That is saving. That's saving right there, all right? So, ladies, that you kind of like nickel and dime yourselves to death. Man, we don't do this. We just do it all at one time. Right, we're like, hey, honey, look, 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 I got a new boat <laughs> and a new truck to pull our new boat. Like, woo, like we got both. We just do it all at one time. And self-control is not easy for any of us. And so what, what do we need to do? We need to learn how to say no. Everybody say no. no. All right, that was kind of weak. All right, that, that's how I say no when I'm trying to eat well and somebody offers me ice cream. I'm like, no. And I'm eating it like, no, no, no. Like, no, we got to say no like we mean it. No. 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 All right. So we're going to practice saying no. All right. And we're going to continue to talk about money temptation for just a second. We'll broaden this in a, in a, in a second. But um, ladies, let, let's imagine you're getting out of debt. If you're getting out of debt, ladies, this is your question. Do you really need to pay money to get your nails done twice a week? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, I do. Yes, I do, Pastor Joel. No, no, you're getting out of debt. No, you don't, all right? And by the way, I have, I've never in my life heard a man say, would you check out the set of nails on that girl? <laughs> I can't believe I just said that, all right? Like, <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. Anyway, um, but, but when you're getting out of debt, ladies, do you need to get your nails done? No, all right, let's work on the guys for a second. Guys, if you are tempted... <laughs> If you're, if you're tempted to buy that 70-inch TV with surround sound, do you really need to buy it? No. Man, you did better. Or at least Butch did. I don't know. But what are we doing? We're, we're practicing self-control. And this goes like way bigger than stuffitis, okay? Did you know it's possible for you to say no to anything that tempts you? You know it's possible to say no to worry? It's possible to say no to video game addiction? Teenagers? 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, okay, um, <laughs> Butch, um, <laughs> you raised your hand, all right, it's possible to say no to phone addiction, it's possible to say no to drug and alcohol and pill addiction, it's possible to say no to, to stuff that's tempting you in your wallet, it's possible to say no to road rage, I believe there's a day coming when my wife does not have road rage, I believe it, all right, <laughs> But it's possible. But isn't it true sometimes it feels impossible? I mean, there, there's a reason that the average credit card has a $6,200 balance on it. There's a reason that we are so addicted to our phones that we touch our phones on average over 2,600 times a day. There's a reason that there are three times as many alcoholic anonymous groups going on worldwide as there are McDonald's going on worldwide. And so... That, and that's a true number, by the way. And so it, it seems impossible sometimes to have self-control. But our key verse tells us that there's a way. And we read this every week in this series. This is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. I love this verse. It says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, okay, and you will be, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, which means, which means 
You don't think you can say no, but you can say no. Somebody say a way out. There's a way out. And so um, if you're taking notes today or maybe you're taking pictures of the screen, here's today's big idea, and it's this. When you run out of self-control, you need to tap into the Holy Spirit's control. When we run out of self-control, we need to put the Holy Spirit in control. And I just want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit today, and you all are just all, everybody's weirded out. And this can be super confusing, but base your, you are above average people. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're above average. So I'm going to make this super simple, and I'm just going to give you two thoughts on how we use the Holy Spirit to help us when we feel like we're lacking self-control. And so the first idea is this. We'll put this on the screen. You've got to depend on the Holy Spirit when you're tempted. Now, uh, let, let, let me kind of, let, let's play a game. Who, who here has a, who has a phone? If you, you have a phone, okay, can, can, just do me a favor. Everybody get your phone out. Some of you are on your phone right now. You're like, oh, this temptation talk. I was on Amazon buying shoes. <laughs> All right, everybody hold your phone up. If you have a phone, just hold it up in the air. Wave it around like you just don't care. Look at this. We, we don't leave home without our phones, do we? No. Who here has ever lost your phone? You ever lost your phone? Yes. Was that not the most stressful three minutes of your entire life? <laughs> I remember um, a few years ago, my whole crew, we were in the car. And uh, we, were, we were driving, we were coming to go to the beach, but we were still in our driveway, and we were backing out of the driveway. I'm driving, you know, doing the, doing the look, all right? And all of a sudden, midway driving down through the back of the driveway, I was like, no, oh, no, this, this, this is not good. And Stacey's like, well, what, did we run over something? It's like, no, it's way worse than that. My phone is not in this car. And I stopped I stopped the car mid-driveway. I run into the house because I cannot go to the beach without my phone, people. And I started raiding my house like I was the FBI. I'm like flipping over mattresses. I'm looking in cabinets. I'm looking in the back of the, like the toilet tank thingy. Like I don't know how I could have got in there. But you, you know, you're desperate when you lose your phone, right? And I couldn't find my phone. And so I come back out of the car and I started interrogating my children. Like, I am the FBI. I'm like, you little turkeys took my phone. I can smell it on your fingers. You got my phone? And they're like, no, we don't have, we don't have your phone. And as I'm interrogating my kids, my shorts vibrates, <laughs> which is weird because I lost my phone. So I continue to interrogate my kids. And I looked over, and my wife is in the front seat of the car, and she is calling my phone, which is in my pocket. <laughs> That's a true story. I, and I did not get 210 points higher on my SATs, all right? So... Anybody else ever lost your phone in your pocket? Yeah. In your, that makes you feel better right there. I thought I, I thought it would be the only one. Me and Renata. <laughs> but we always have our phone with us. Now I'm going to tie this in in a second. But we, we get so confused with the Holy Spirit. You know, we're, we're, a lot of us are like, you know, I get God. You know, I get the God, the Father. I, and I know who Jesus is, Joel, because... My grandparents have his picture in their house. That's not actually Jesus, but they have a picture. Like, so I get God, I get Jesus, but the, you, you bring up the Holy Ghost, and I'm like, oh, I don't do that. All right, I saw that movie, Paranormal Activity. Don't you bring in that activity in here? And when we get freaked out, and I totally get that. When I was growing up as a kid, um, my, my parents, I was not allowed to watch Casper the Friendly Ghost. My parents told me, no, ghosts are bad. I could not watch Casper the Friendly Ghost. And then one day, my parents were like, Joel, the Holy Ghost lives in you. I was like, how do I get him out? 
Like, it freaked me out. <laughs> and so I get it. But the Holy Spirit is not freaky. The Holy Spirit, just to explain it simply, is a lot like your phone. One more time. How many of you have your phones? Hold up your phone. Hold up your phone. Listen, we don't go anywhere without our phones. And guess what? We don't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit. He's with us. And, and your phone sends you messages, right? You, you get messages and you send messages. You ever send like a text to somebody and they start writing you back because you see the bubbles? But then the bubbles go away and you wonder where the bubbles went and the bubbles don't come back. And you're like, why did my friend message me? Like, is this ever, ever, ever happened to you? Well, we get messages on our phone. And guess what? The Holy Spirit also sends us messages and he never does the bubble thing. Our phones alert us. You ever been having like a perfectly good night and then your, your phone says, Danger, tornado warning. <laughs> Seek shelter. Has this happened to you before? I miss the good old days when getting hit by a tornado was like a surprise party. Okay, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> but we get alerts to danger. Guess what? The Holy Spirit also alerts us when there's danger. All right, our phones all have a flashlight. If you can get to your flashlight in like five seconds, turn your flashlight on. All right, come on. It's, it's okay. There, there we go. All right, can we turn the lights out in the room? Maybe we can. Maybe we can. Either way, look at, look at this. Look at this. How cool is that? Now, we need our flashlights to light us up when we're in the dark. Isn't that, isn't that true? Now, we use our flashlights for when we're, like, in the basement and you don't know what's going on. We use a flashlight to see. All right, guess what? The Holy Spirit is also our light when we're in the dark and shows us the way. Okay, we, we can turn the lights back up. And last thing about our phones, our phones are powerful. Did, did you know that the iPhone 6, the iPhone 6, which is already outdated, has the computing power that is 32,000 times faster than the computers that NASA used to send a man to the moon in the 60s? The iPhone 6, its computing power is 32,000 times faster than the computers that NASA used to send a man to the moon in the 60s. And so we got all this power on our phones, okay, and we use them. For TikTok, <laughs> or TikTok, I don't, I don't know what it is, okay, but, but did you know that the Holy Spirit is way more powerful than any NASA computer, than, than, than any phone that you have in your pocket, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is right there with you? The Holy Spirit is like your phone. Did you all track with me? And our phones are in our pockets. So somebody turn to the person next to you and say, check your pocket, check your pocket. Is that the brand new iPhone? No, it's not. It's not. It's not, I promise you. Okay, so listen, the Holy Spirit isn't supposed to freak us out. The Holy Spirit is there to help us out. All right, the, Jesus himself said, hey, guys, he got all his people together. And he said, guys, I'm about to go, about to go home, but I'm leaving you all a gift. And this gift is powerful. Now, I'm sure all the disciples were like, oh, he's leaving us a gift. It's powerful. Maybe it's a new iPhone. It was dirt. <laughs> 13. This is a 12, by the way. It's iPhone 13, okay? And I'm sure the disciples are like, it's going to have three cameras and like a little smaller notch thingy or whatever. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I'm not giving you a brand new iPhone. I'm giving you something way more powerful than that. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. That's the best gift that I can leave you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is always with us, just like the phone in our pocket. The Holy Spirit sends us messages. He alerts us. He is our flashlight when, when things are dark in our life. And he is more powerful than any phone that you have in your pocket. That's why I believe that when, when, when we run out of self-control, we need the Holy Spirit to be in control. I love what Paul said about temptation 
in Romans 8, verse 12, he said this. This is so good. He said, you have no obligation. Everybody say no obligation. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. And so, like, maybe, you know, you're with your boyfriend or you're with your girlfriend, and you got the urge to merge, baby. <laughs> just getting real in church. Sean just, like, eyes went, whoop. I told you, base your kids for some of y'all. Anyway, you don't have to give in to that urge. You have no obligation, okay? You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, your sinful nature's dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, that's what we're talking about, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, okay, you will live. Now, I I got breaking news. This is hot off the 2,000-year-old press. You and me and all of us are obligated to sin. We are not obligated to sin. Now, I did this on uh, week one. I'm going to do it again. Um, how many of you would admit that sin is fun? How many of you would say, hey, sin is fun? Okay, about a third of you. The rest of you, you're either lying or you did it wrong. All right, that's, that's what you did, okay? <laughs> Come on, we're in church. We've got to tell the truth. How many of you would admit sin is fun at least for a little while? It's fun for a little while? Sin is fun. Let me, let me explain it this way. Uh, my boy Nixon, okay, who you saw in the video, he wants to be an FBI agent one day. His aunt, Jane, uh, was an FBI agent. She's awesome. And so one day, Nixon wants to be an FBI agent. And so after church last Sunday, Nixon played FBI with me. And so what he did is he got these handcuffs right here, real handcuffs, and he handcuffed me. And he handcuffed me. Like, he put these things on so tight. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about? When these things are on real tight? Okay, I'm just trying to get you to raise your hand to see who's been to jail in the church. Okay, it's good. But, but Butch, Butch, can you play my son for a second? All right, Butch, you're, you're going to handcuff me. All right, so he handcuffed me behind my back. Please don't put him on too tight, Butch. Have you always, like, wanted to do this? Always. Always. Oh, there would be a lot more aggression towards this if I was actually arrested for real. So. Yeah, read, them my, read me my rights. I'm going to put this key on this table. For, you got the key. And I'm going to leave the room. Oh, okay. When I come back, they don't reach out for it on my handcuffs. Okay. <laughs> stay here, Butch. Please, stay here. Gosh, these things, oh, I just tightened them by accident. That's the point. Can you loosen this one so I can turn it? The right one, the right one. I'm telling you, man, Butch has done this before or something, man, like... I feel like, all right, let me flip my wrist. Yeah, okay, good? I'm good. Right, go. Okay, that's good, that's good. Oh, my goodness. Butch is our security team. All right, Butch, sit down, please. All right, so we're in my house. My boy, my boy is playing FBI. He, he puts the handcuffs on me, and then he runs laughing. So he runs to the back room. Now, I'm playing along. I'm having fun, all right? He's arresting me, and I'm like, oh, I'm the prisoner or whatever. So I follow him into the bedroom, and Stacy and my boy Nixon are in the bedroom. And I walk in, and they are laughing. They're like, oh, this is the funniest thing. This is the greatest moment of their life. They're laughing at me, and I'm laughing. I'm having a good time. And my wife, she says, see, see if you can get your, your, your hands in front of you. 
I don't even know what that means and why she would even ask. But anyway, so this is what I do. I don't know if I can do it. Okay. Okay, I get here. And then she says, well, j- just sit down. Listen, I didn't do, I don't do yoga. I cannot, I can't gracefully sit down right now. So I don't even want to do this, but I'm going to do it. Okay, this is what I did in my house. I'm laying in the bedroom, and Stacy says, well, you get, get your feet, just pull them up and get, get the handcuffs in front of you. I'm like, what are you, like a, like a circus act? I can't do that. So it's been fun up until this point. Then it's, it's starting to hurt, even right now. It's starting to hurt. So I'm laughing. I'm like, hey, hey, you know, guys, can you, like, help? Can you, get, can you get the keys? And they're like, no, we can't get the keys. <laughs> And I'm like, seriously, guys, it's like, it's like really hurting. Could, could you get the keys? They're like, no, we we're definitely not going to unlock you. I'm like, I'm like, listen, it's... And they're like, oh, it's starting to hurt our uh, ribs because we're laughing so much. I was like, my mic is all messed up. It's because I'm laying here like this. Cheesy <laughs> Pete, this hurts. Okay. And so finally, after they were laughing, I was finally like, you listen, Stacy. I will throw all your clothes in the front lawn, and Nixon, I will burn your power wheels if you do not take these handcuffs off. <laughs> so finally, that worked. They they got the handcuffs. They got got them off. Okay, but listen, sin is like this. Just hang with me, just because I need to get these handcuffs off. Okay, listen, sin is like this. It starts off fun. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's laughing, and then you feel stuck. Temptation and addiction lead to this, and, and, and we feel stuck in sin, we feel handcuffed to whatever we're, we're being addicted to, and we need a key. Butch, do we have a key? Come on, Butch. I'm not really sure how you can gracefully do this. But just, just help me out, brother. This is going to go viral probably on the internet. It isn't work. Butch just said it's not working. <laughs> Is it because it's so? Because I'm pulling it so tight. Okay. We didn't practice this, as you can tell. Oh, thank you, Butch. <laughs> All right, get this guy off me. Butch, you are a trooper, man. Listen, my family, they did not want to unhook me. This, like, I need to call you, Butch. <laughs> the ring fell off. The ring fell off. Oh, there we go. Gotcha. Butch, give Butch a hand, Butch. <laughs> this, take this candy, man. Oh, candy. Yeah, thank yeah, you. All right. You got me out of prison. <laughs> but listen, that is what sin is like. It's fun, you're laughing, everybody's having a good time, and then all of a sudden you feel stuck to sin. But, but that verse says that there is a way out. Our God is faithful. When you feel like you're handcuffed to whatever you feel powerless over, there is a key. What is the key? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guiding us, sending us messages, being our light in the dark. There is a way out because you are not obligated. We learned that. We are, you're not obligated to sin. And right now, right now, some of you feel powerless to something. 
You feel powerless to worry. You feel powerless to a pill addiction. You feel powerless to, um, you know, phone addiction, video game addiction, drug, whatever addiction, shopping addiction, road rage, whatever it is. You feel powerless to something. And Alcoholics Anonymous has this really cool prayer. And I don't know if they came up with it or not, but they have this prayer. We're going to throw it on the screen. I, I just think this is so cool. They said in this prayer, we admit we're powerless over now, they say alcohol, but I left this blank, so you can fit whatever you feel powerless over in this blank. We admit we're powerless over blank, that our lives have become unmanageable. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore our sanity. So what, what's, what's, this, what's this power? What, what, what's the key when we feel handcuffed to our addiction or handcuffed to our temptation? The Holy Spirit is our key, okay? And the Holy Spirit is as close as the phone in your pocket, sending you messages, sending you alerts, saying, hey, hey, listen, you're broke. Don't go in gap. Don't go in there. <laughs> He's there sending us, being our light when things are dark around us. He is our power when we feel powerless. And, and listen, you have more power in your pocket than you think you do. You have more power, as close as your pocket, than you think you do. Okay, you're not powerless. You have the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, I'm sending you this gift. It's the best gift I can ever give you. And so when you feel like you've run out of self-control, we got to put the Holy Spirit in control. He is our key to the handcuffs that keep us handcuffed. All right, last point is this. All right, let's get a little more practical. you got to follow the signals of the Holy Spirit when you're tempted. Follow the signals of the Holy Spirit when you're tempted. So a few years ago, uh, me and my wife and Bo Dukes, our worship leader, and his wife, Katie, and a few others of us, um, we went down to a church conference in Atlanta, and, um, and there was a bunch of us. So before we got down there, I, I went on the internet, and I, rented, I went to some like car rental thing, and I rented us a vehicle. Now, uh, some of you know this about me. My spiritual gift is cheap. Like, I'm real good at being cheap, you guys. And, but we had a bunch of people going on this trip, so I decided to splurge, and I decided us to, to rent us one of these right here. <laughs> That's even close for Bo and I to be. Like, I don't, I'm not even sure if I can do that. Um, but I rented some really cheap vehicle because that's how I, I do. And, and we go to the car rental place, and they say, oh, we're sorry, we're out of, we're out of cars. I'm like, is, is that, like, isn't that your one job? Like, you rent cars, and you have, no, you have no cars. Has this ever happened to you before? No cars. And so I'm like, great. So I had to go to the next car rental agency, so I just walked like three steps over. And I said, what do you all got? And they did not have a smart car, unfortunately. They had a Chevy Tahoe that was bougie. Okay, it had cameras. It had an IMAX theater in the back, I'm pretty sure. It had air-conditioned seats. I'm like, my car air-conditioned doesn't even work. You got air-conditioned seats? And so it was like real expensive, okay? So we got this. We had to get it. That was the only thing they had. We, we rented this Tahoe, and uh, they had me drive. I was the driver on this vehicle. So I leave Atlanta Airport, and I pull into like, I don't know, Peach Tree Drive. Everything is a peach in Atlanta, so every road has a peach in the name. So I'm like pulling on the Peach Tree Drive, and I'm pulling on the road, and uh, all of a sudden, as I'm driving, like, the seat just vibrates. like, <laughs> And I'm like, Tahoe, I'm a married man. Like, I don't know. 
I did not know what it was, so I just keep driving. <laughs> it did it again. I'm like, my wife is right there. Okay, like, you better leave me alone. <laughs> so I keep driving, and it keeps on, like, vibrating me. So I finally admitted to the car. I'm like, guys, the Tahoe is putting moves on me. And I don't know who it was, but somebody said, oh, no, 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 the, the, the Tahoe's not putting moves on you. It's just signaling you every time you get near one of the lines on the road. Did you all know about this feature? Listen, in my 14-year-old Civic, when the seat vibrates, all that means is the mechanic's about to get $500. That's what that means. <laughs> I do not know anything about vibrating the seats because of the lines, but apparently this was a signal of the Tahoe telling me, like, hey, there's, you know, alert, you're too close to the line. And so I learned on that trip that I'm a terrible driver because <laughs> that thing vibrated the whole time. But by the end of the trip, I was a better driver. I was like 10 and 2. I was like, I am not getting near those lines, baby. Okay, like it just kept me, kept me there because it kept on signaling me by vibrating me, all right? And did you know that Tahoes are not the only thing sending us signals? Did you know you have a spidey sense? Did you know that the Holy Spirit sends you signals? Did you know this? And here's what I believe, all right? I just believe that when you listen to the Holy Spirit's signals, you get better at life. You get better at fighting temptation. You get better at beating up against addiction that's trying to beat up on you. You get better at being a good mom and a good dad and a good husband and a good wife and a good friend. Listen, when you listen to the Holy Spirit's signals, it can even lower your credit card bill. Somebody say praise the Lord, all right? This is good. And so how, how do these signals work? Well, let me show you Galatians 5, 24 through 25 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus, okay, so if you're a Jesus follower, this is for you. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, all right, this verse says, let us keep in step. Let us keep in step. Everybody say, keep in step. Keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with His signals. Okay, so let's talk about signals for a second. Okay, ladies, all right, maybe, maybe your husband can't get the dirty clothes in the dirty clothes basket. And you don't know why he likes professional basketball because he airballs it every time he tries to throw his underoos in the dirty clothes. And like they're always laying on the floor and you want to pick up a shoe and throw it at him. But something in you says, put the shoe down. That's the Holy Spirit signal. Put the shoe down, okay? And men, this is your signal. Get your underoos in the dirty clothes, okay? Nobody wants to see that on the floor. Jeez, you're all tight. All right, so this is, okay. <laughs> Let me do a different example. Um, <laughs> maybe you're, 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 you have a, a girlfriend, and you're in love. You're in love. And you're sitting on the couch, and, you know, all of a sudden, your smart TV automatically comes on. And Spotify automatically starts playing. Let's get it on. Come on, we're getting real in church today, okay? Listen, Barry Manilow is not your signal, all right? That's not the Holy Spirit, all right? But you got the urge to merge, baby. But you remember Joel saying that God designed sex for marriage, and that's your signal. All right, maybe, maybe it's not those things, but maybe you just have trouble. Just, you just end up drinking way too much. Whenever, like, whenever you're like, driving down a certain road, you have to go to that liquor store, and you have to like, pick something up, and you end up drinking way too much that night. But one day, you get in your car, and you feel something say to you, like, hey, why don't you take the scenic drive today? Why, why, why don't you, like, you know, go way out of the way where there's no traffic, and that liquor store isn't right there? What is that? 
That's the Holy Spirit sending you signals. Okay, how many of you have ever gotten a signal before? You ever gotten some sort of signal like, whoo? Yeah, we get these signals, and we got to listen to these signals because when we do, it makes us better at life. When we do, we get, I believe, two Snickers at the end, two Reese cups at the end. Can I end by telling you a story that's um, way too much information? Just say an awkward yes. Okay, this is way too much information. And by the way, Mom, if you're watching, at this point, turn off YouTube. Like, I can't go to Thanksgiving dinner and look at you if you hear this story. Okay, so how many of you think my mom turned off the TV? (laughs) Not a chance. (laughs) She turned the volume up, all right? She's like, what? But um, I am a weird millennial that was a virgin when I got married. Somebody say, TMI. (laughs) Now, let me just just say, me and Stacey, we were not perfect in this area, but we waited until our wedding night for that. Now, I've had people say to me before, like, weren't, weren't you, were you tempted? <laughs> what kind of question? Of course I was tempted. We dated for five years. Why do you think I'm tense all the time, okay? So, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. But like, what, what, you know, was it easy? Listen, we were, I was 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24 when we dated. Do you remember when you were 21? Don't answer that question, okay? <laughs> but, but it wasn't easy, and along the way, we got all these signals. Here's the signals I got. Joel, don't you even think about having a sleepover tonight. Got it, Lord. Uh, Joel, are you, don't you even think about doing an overnight trip. Out of town, okay, that is, you guys can't, you can't do that. And I'm thinking, like, I was thinking about doing an overnight trip because he's looking real cute right now, okay? But, okay, got it, Lord, all right? Lord was like, little Joel, don't, don't you think about getting a house together and moving in together before you are married? And I'm like, Lord, that's not even a consideration. I'm so broke, I can't buy a house, okay? That's not, don't even worry, I'm not even going to do that. But five years of these signals, and we, we did our best to stay uh, in, in, in line there. And then we got married on December 15th, 2007 at our Millsboro campus. And um, mom, if you tune back in, turn off YouTube. Okay. After our wedding, I don't know how else to put it, but it was about to be on like Donkey Kong. Okay. Like it was about to be on, but there's all the stuff you got to do after your wedding before you get to go, you know, to your, you know, to the hotel or whatever. So like, I'm just being real today, guys. We, we had to get this limo. We got in this limo, and the limo driver was driving us to the reception, and the limo driver had the partition down the whole time and was talking to us. I'm like, put the partition up, <laughs> buddy. I'm paying you. Put the partition up. Then we got to the, the reception, and you do the, the um, receiving line, and I'm, I'm like, everybody's talking to me. I'm like, hi, thanks for coming. Please get in your car and leave so we can go. <laughs> oh, thank you for the card. I hope there's money in it. I'll give you the money back if you'll leave right now. Finally, everybody left, and I got in our 1997 Honda Accord, me and Stacy, and I drove that car faster than it's ever driven before. I don't know what state I was in. I didn't care. I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. We are going. And I don't know how to tell you this, but I just want to tell you that there's a reason that God said sex is best in marriage. And me and Stacy had no ability on our own to do that. But the Holy Spirit gave us signals and he gave us signals, and we tried to listen, and we weren't perfect, but we, we tried to listen, and we tried to listen. And I don't tell you that story to make anybody in this room feel bad if you have a different past than that. All right, I, I promise you, I could have told you 75 million stories of where I messed up. I am the most jacked up person in the room. I promise you that. 
But I don't tell you that story to make you feel bad about your past. I tell you that story to give you hope for your future. Because the Holy Spirit is your hope. The Holy Spirit is your power when you feel handcuffed, when you feel like you can't resist something. The Holy Spirit is your power, okay? And so you have no obligation to give in to any temptation that your sinful nature urges you to do. And when we feel like we've lost self-control, we got to lean into the Holy Spirit's control. we got to put him in control. We need to listen to his signals. And I think today he's given some of you signals, saying, hey, don't go there anymore. Or, hey, let, let's, let's change this in your life. Or, hey, when we go home, let's, let's get rid of that. Or, you know, when you go home, you know, why don't you delete Barry Manilow off your boyfriend's playlist, okay, or whatever it is. But signals, signals, signals. And we just got to listen. We got to listen to those signals. Now, I want to end this um, whole series by giving you a little locker room talk. Can, can I give you a little? Can, can I go coach Joel on you? Is that okay to finish this up? Okay. You said yes, so you agreed to this. This is on you. Okay, so... In Romans, Paul said, you have no obligation to give in to what your sinful nature urges you to do. Are you ready? You buckled up? Okay, listen to this. I want you to know, I want you to walk out of here leaving. You have no obligation to sin. You have no obligation to give in to the desires of your flesh. You have no obligation to stay addicted to pills. You have no obligation to keep depending on something you smoke or drink or shoot just to get through the day. You have no obligation to keep on overeating. You have no obligation to keep on undereating. You have no obligation to keep on overspending to impress people you don't like with money you don't have. Amen. You have no obligation to give in to sexual sin. You have no obligation to keep on worrying when God's nickname is the Prince of Peace. You have no obligation to have road rage in the church parking lot. You have no obligation to keep on giving in to whatever you feel handcuffed by. You have no obligation. You have no obligation. You have no obligation. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every single Jesus fire. And so you have no obligation to give in to those temptations anymore. So somebody say, no obligation. No obligation. Why don't we have any obligation? Because of our anchor verse in this series. Let's read this all together. One last time. All right, on three, let's read this. One, two, three. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm so thankful that there is a way out. And I may have shared one success story today, but I got a million stories that I wasn't successful that I could have told instead. And Lord, we all have that. We, we feel handcuffed by something. We feel stuck in something. And God, I pray that we'll walk out of here knowing we have no obligation to give into that anymore. It can change right now. You are the key that can get us out of those handcuffs. And so God, I just pray that we'll walk out not with our head down, but with our head up because we can have hope. You didn't leave us alone. You left us with the Holy Spirit to help us, to send us messages, to send us alerts, and to be our power when we feel powerless. And so God, I pray that we'll tap into that today. And I pray that we'll believe that today in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. 
You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.